ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Sometimes I wonder how my job has led me to places like this. I'm sitting in a car. I'm just about to go into a hunting shop. I mean, it's not where I normally hang out, to be fair. But recently, a scientist said this to me. I saw what I was seeing with my own eyes, but I didn't know that mammals do that. Nobody told me. So it's time to get a weapon of choice. Okay. I'm after a UV torch. I'm after a UV torch. Uh, Not because I need to check a rat test or a hotel pillowcase for murder signs. It's because I want to see if sheep glow in the dark. This is What the Duck, and I'm Dr Anne Jones, the ABC's nature nerd. All right, let's start at the very beginning. Um, I guess just as zoologist Linda Reinhold. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people call me a mycologist, but that would upset the actual mycologist. I'm, I'm not that. That's not the sort of controversy I need, Linda. <clears throat> Linda Reinhold is a zoologist at James Cook University. The first time was because of something the Mycological Society posted on their Facebook page just with a picture of plants fluorescing and just wondering if fungi did the same thing. So I immediately went on eBay, bought a UV torch and then grabbed my mushrooming buddy and we went up to Lake Eacham, saw lots of glow-in-the-dark mushrooms and then it was about 1.30 in the morning around the other side of the lake and we saw them. The, uh, the glowing mushrooms, not glowing in the dark, but glowing in the UV torch. That was probably the first sighting of photoluminescent mushrooms in Queensland. So not those boring ghost mushrooms that glow in the dark. We're talking about mushrooms whose cells get excited when a UV light source falls upon them. And the cells aren't the only ones. It was just euphoric. We high-fived and were just so excited too. <laughs> but pretty soon, Linda found something even weirder. I had a couple of friends from the bushwalking club and we go around at night and have a look at scorpions and glow-in-the-dark mushrooms and other things. But this was during the lockdown in the early part of 2020 when it was unsafe to go with people from different households in a carpool. So I went out to Lake Eachin by myself at night, as you do, just walking around looking for both glow-in-the-dark mushrooms and I had the UV torch there. And I'd rounded the corner of the lake and I'd seen a really big bunch of glow-in-the-dark mushrooms, bigger and brighter than I'd ever seen before. So I was taking photos of them and describing them and, you know, feeling their texture, which is one of the descriptions you can make. And then a, a few minutes later, I was walking along the back of the lake and something moved in my UV torch. And I don't know what it was. And then uh, a couple of minutes later, there was something else. Some very little thing crossing the track. And one of them finally stopped for me. So I could look at it with my UV torch. And yes, its fur was glowing, brilliant bluish white. 
and then I could turn my normal torch on it and saw it was just a regular brown antichinus and then I turned that torch off, turned the UV torch back on and yes, it's fur glowed bright bluish white. I had trouble accepting that in my own mind and because I'd touched the mushrooms I wondered if there'd some toxin that had got in through my skin that was making me hallucinate and because I was by myself I had no touchstone I didn't have my buddy there to say hey did you see that so the whole time walking around to the end of the lake and then driving down that mountain road in the middle of the night I'm thinking oh my god oh my god oh my god you know should I be driving is this real so I googled it and yes, I found the opossums and the flying squirrels in America and saw that, yeah, 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 it's, it's a thing. We know about it. It's, it's okay. You're not hallucinating. And in 2020, the platypus was the latest mammal to hit the news with a glow-in-the-dark scandal. At 25 minutes to seven, though, with duck bills and webbed feet... Because researchers in America had shone a UV light at a platypus... Fascinating and also confounding And humans. it was glowing like it was an unholy helium purple balloon. That dull brown coat of the platypus glows under UV light. It was my colleague, uh, Lynette. Dr Kenny Travoulion is the curator of mammals at the West Australian Museum. She came to see me and said, oh, did you see that? That's really cool. And she suggested, like, should we have a look what else clothes in the collection? <laughs> so we went to borrow those lights. And so we just Kenny and Lynette turn off all the lights in the collection and arm themselves with UV torches. And they go in. Yes, usually we don't do that. Like Ghostbusters. So as you enter the collections... On the left, you have just lots of racks, and every drawer has a different species of mammal. They're dead. They're all dead. All of them. Just being clear. And for the small species, you have their skins laying there, all their skeletons in little jars. And then if you turn right, you have this giant wall of taxidermy that are all on pallets. So we have polar bears, we have wildebeests, various uh, big mammals. And so when you shine that light on those animals, you can already see uh, this happening. It wasn't just the platypus that was glowing back. It's just mind-boggling how much glowing was happening. Kenny and Lynette were looking around a room that looked like someone had been let loose with a black texture for the dark bits and a pack of highlighters. Basically, every animal glowed back at them. And um, so we had a frozen dolphin in our freezer. (laughs) And so the skin itself didn't glow at all, but the teeth did. We know that mammal teeth glow. Actually, bone and teeth in general glow. That's been well known. Yes, your teeth glow too. And the bones that are inside you right now, if they were, well, outside of you right now, they'd glow. So that's not uh, surprising. Yeah, it's not surprising. What we were looking for is for fur and skin, if any of those actually uh, glowed. And we did find that many, many animals, uh, basically anything that had white or very pale fur, it was glowing. Some also had their skin glowing, which is pretty exciting because that wasn't reported before. What the hell does that look like when their skin glows? So it depends on the species. For example, in the bilby, uh, their ears glowed uh, a faint orange uh, colour. So (laughs) uh, 
Why they have their ears glowing, I'm not sure, but it's pretty exciting. So white fur on the bilby was glowing as, as well as its ears. Uh, there were other skins, like we had like the feet of a Tasmanian devil was glowing as well as its, the, just the skin around its mouth. Uh, elephant skins, glows, and uh, there was a few other things like we, we didn't expect at all. A lot of them just like, you just have to uh, uh, look uh, under the feet, uh, around the mouth, in the ears, it would glow. Now, when you have a bilby with its ears glowing like it's been hit by a glow stick at a rave, what do you do? Well, you definitely post the photos on the internet, right? And that caught the eye of Professor Simon Lewis. I contacted him and said, hey, look, we've got some background in fluorescence detection or luminescence detection. We use it to detect fingerprints. The reason is, is that there was a question mark in my mind as to whether anybody had actually proven it was fluorescence. They could see it. You know, there's something glowing. Just because it's glowing doesn't mean it's necessarily fluorescence. Oh, shit. Physics has entered the chat. We had an instrument uh, that could actually measure what's called a spectrum. And using that, we would be able to determine whether we what we were seeing was actually fluorescence or maybe some other form of optical phenomenon. And the one that came to mind for me was something called scatter. OK, we're going to have to go there. What actually is fluorescence? Fluorescence is a category of what we call photoluminescence. Luminescence is just the emission of light. So those light sticks, you know, the ones you snap and shake and they glow, that's called chemiluminescence. It's chemical reactions producing the energy to give you the light that is luminescence. Fluorescence is an example of photoluminescence. That's where photons of light, so light, is what's causing it to get excited. So, shining the UV light on these molecules... Because we're talking about molecular fluorescence here. Yeah, the molecules. Tiny bunches of atoms. This is happening at a super small scale. They get excited into higher energy states. I like to think of them as trembling and jittering, as if they're about to have a nervous outburst. That's not a stable position for them, so they will relax back down to what's called the ground state. That energy's got to go somewhere, right? And what happens then is they actually emit radiation. And we see the radiation as a glow. And this is what the museum scientists are thinking that the UV glows off the animals are. Fluorescence. The molecules become excited by UV light and discharge their energy as a glow very quickly. But... Simon Lewis says there could be other phenomena that are making things glow. Scatter is a bit different. What happens there is you may actually have the light impacting on your surface, and rather than being absorbed, it gets scattered. Now, some of that will be scattered at exactly the same colour that it was coming in, but some will actually lose a bit of energy and will be scattered back at a different wavelength of light. And you might actually see that as what appears like a glow. So how can we tell the difference? If you have a fluorescent spectrometer, that's what you can detect. And right. that's how we're able to distinguish whether we're actually looking at fluorescence. And guess who has a fluorescent spectrometer? This guy. Well, actually, not that guy. It's Curtin University, but you get the point. 
When you say a fluorescent spectrometer, I'm imagining an amazing piece of science fiction-like equipment, but what does it actually look like? <laughs> this is really disappointing. Uh, so many scientific instruments are just kind of painted beige. Yeah. And... <laughs> I mean, that's ironic, isn't it? <laughs> what we have is a fibre optic, and the fibre optic cable allows us to actually measure fluorescent spectra from a surface. That's why we use it, because we look at uh, when we're developing new reagent treatments for detecting fingerprints. But it wasn't fighting crime this time. This time, it was dead animals brought very carefully over from the WA Museum. <laughs> we would then use the fibre optic to actually collect directly off the specimen. Now, it does lead to an interesting sort of situation. You have, you know, a stuffed platypus... It's, it's, it's almost, but not quite the strangest specimen that I've had to look at in the past. Did it feel a little bit like you were running some sort of morbid Noah's Ark there at one point? <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. Uh, I, I did take a photograph of one of the things that we were doing and showed it to my daughter. And she did say to me, Dad, I never, ever want to see that again. But the question we all want answered is, are these animals fluorescing under UV light? Or is it another form of trickery, like scatter? Yes, it was real fluorescence. We were really pleased to see that. It's definitely fluorescence. I guess for me, the more exciting thing was as we started to put other creatures under the fibre optic, it didn't matter what they were. If they appeared to fluoresce, it was fluorescence. And it was very widespread. And that was really interesting to me. And while it's all sort of surprising to us, or at least to me, that these animals are glowing like they're at a blue light disco in the 80s, it's actually been reported in scientific literature for over a century now, which is bizarre to think about. It was 1852, technically, that Stokes first talked about bristles of mammals and feathers and shells and different things that fluoresced. The UV torch, as we know it today, wasn't invented until 1903, so it was after them that it really took off. It was a German author in 1911 who first wrote really detailed species descriptions. So he wrote about humans, of course, and rabbits, just the ordinary old European rabbit. But it's not just any molecule that will glow, and scientists wanted to know which ones would. So in the 1950s, some American researchers started working out the fluorophores or luminophores in lab rat fur, of course, because that's where you're going to start. And they found kynurinine and a couple of other tryptophan metabolites making lab rat fur glow. These are the scientific names for the particular types of molecules that get excited by light. And then in the 1970s in Australia... They found the same sort of molecules in both possum fur and tree kangaroo fur. They've been found in human hair. Sheep Sheep was another animal that was discovered early on to, to glow as far back as 1927. Uh, the interesting thing about sheep is that they don't just fluoresce, they phosphoresce, which means that the glow can last for several seconds or a minute after your torch is turned off. So, yeah, sheep do it. <laughs> What the duck. I have lived in the country for almost all my life and I have never, ever seen a glowing sheep. 
just down the road, they have sheep. And if I can get close enough to one, I might be able to see a glow. All right. I just, can you, hey, come here. <laughs> God, I'm gonna have to run. Well, this is stupid. I'm gonna have to think of something else. I'm gonna need a stronger torch or closer sheep. So I'm on my way to see Caitlin Greaves, who has very kindly said that I can get close to some of the sheep on her family farm. Uh, we are at our farm with a UV torch. What are we looking at? Well, we've got a mix. We've got some doors and horns. I have to say, they're very handsome. Yeah. Oh, they're beautiful. <laughs> Caitlin has got a couple of rams in a pen in a shed, ready for the spotlight. Sheep fluorescent. We've known this since 1927. Oh, my Lord. Wow. Yeah. So, I went to the shops and I got a UV torch. Perfect. <laughs> so I'm going to give that to you. Yep. That's what we're here to test. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Come on, Al. <laughs> This is my sister, Al. Hi, Al. She's in year 11. Oh, wow. Oh, these guys are gorgeous. Yeah, these are just our stud boys. Hello, boys. You do look like studs. <laughs> so, shine it on the fleece. Yeah, let's shine it on the fleece. I think quite close. Okay. Ooh, I, I, think reckon it, I reckon it is. It is. Yeah. <gasps> I reckon there's a little bit going through. The gorgeous fleece oh glows goodness, slightly back at us. Through mm. as well. You can see it like all the way over here coming through. Yeah. Do you reckon there's any lasting effects though? Maybe not, might not be dark enough for it right. to actually see. But when we take the torch away, we can't really see any glow sticking around. And why would you glow anyway if you were a sheep? Why? It seems so weird. There was a lot of research done about um, nocturnal mammals and they thought... Kenny from the WA Museum again. That they only noticed that it was nocturnal mammals that were glowing rather than diurnal mammals. We tested that because we looked at 125 mammals. There were some that were nocturnal, some that were diurnal. And we actually found that it actually occurs in all of the animals, but it actually is more likely to occur in a nocturnal animal than a diurnal animal. Okay, that sort of makes sense, because maybe as something that gets preyed upon, you want to hide and be less visible. Like with carnivores, all the glow up seems to be happening on the top. So you think of a tiger's skin or a quill's spots, they're like displaying all the parts that actually are fluorescent. But an omnivore or herbivore, if they do have some kind of fluorescence, it was always hidden on the ventral parts, so on the belly. They're trying to hide as much as possible and probably just only displaying it to maybe other members of their species. The carnivores don't care that they glow because we're not going to get eaten. That glow is uh, either there, they don't care. So it might be just to attract members of their own species rather than, uh, than to hide. So, more likely to glow if you're nocturnal and a predator and have white bits. So the other factor we looked at was uh, locomotion. So we found that terrestrial, arboreal and borers were more likely to glow than everything else. 
So something that's aquatic is unlikely to glow, even though the platypus did. Uh, it wasn't as common as things that were terrestrial or arboreal. Back at the farm, in a gloomy shed with Caitlin and her sister Eleanor and a stud ram, it's actually incredibly hard to resist. Just pointing the UV torch at everything in the vicinity to see if it glows. So um, what other things are you going to shoot a UV torch at now? (laughs) (laughs) Eleanor. (laughs) Well, apparently our hair does... Oh, dogs. So potentially the dogs. Oh. Ooh. Puppy. Come on, Rudy. Right. Who wants to go? Let's go. Come here. Come here. Oh, see the purple yeah. from the white Is it? Oh, I don't You're know. You're so excited. Come down. We're just testing you. Just animal testing. <laughs> and the dog's white underbelly floofs glow Purple. I reckon there is because yeah. you can see different colours. Yeah. But, ah. <laughs> Too excited. Yeah, you got the wriggles. <laughs> you got yeah, the wriggles. The dog just wants its dinner. It doesn't want to be a part of a science experiment. But all of this sort of alliance with what the scientists say that carnivores, especially carnivores with white bits, are more likely to glow. Come on, roll over. Come on, down you go. Oh, there we go. Over Red Rover. There you go. So, what is going on here? I mean, sometimes colour is used as a messaging device, right? A male bird might be coloured brightly to attract a mate. A beetle might have a bright colour to say, I'm not tasty, don't eat me. A nocturnal herbivore might be dappled brown in colour to try and blend in. So what the hell is going on with these glowing mammals? Well, it might just be... I've had several scientists tell me that not everything needs to have a reason. It could be a byproduct of something else that's going on. But it doesn't stop my questions, though. I mean, do we even know who can even see this glow? Short answer, we're not really sure. And so there's been a lot of research done on the vision in other mammals. And so it's been shown in marsupials that a lot of marsupials can see in the UV range. And it's been shown in also a lot of placental mammals. And they found actually it's more correlated with carnivores and omnivores rather than herbivores. And it's really a recent thing that people have suddenly started to think, oh, maybe, maybe it can be seen. You know, maybe the vision of terrestrial animals is better than we gave them credit for. OK, but it's not like fantastic Mr Fox is out there with a UV headlamp while he's hunting, right? I mean... Pre-UV torches, what conditions are needed for an animal to just glow? Linda Reinhold. Um, Moonlight does set off the luminophores in scorpions. This has been tested and flying insects will avoid scorpions when the full moon's shining on them, but not when they can't see it glowing. So there was a really good chance that the same would apply to fur. So (laughs) I spent six months in the field doing an experiment to test if moonlight set off fur in the wild. And um, no. <laughs> How in the hell did you test if moonlight would make a mammal's fur glow or if other animals could see them glowing? Okay, so I had um, real rats and I they were already dead frozen. So frozen lab rats just used for pet food. And I took the skins off them. And the skins are wildly fluorescent 
green, blue, bluish white, really bright. So the effort was to take the fluorescence out of half of them. So I took the fluorescence out of half of the skins and then made up little rat models, rat replicas, and uh, put them in pairs out in the field with remote cameras. And then just saw if the wild animals chose to interact with one or the other. I copied the scorpion experiment. And the idea is that the animals won't react to them any differently on a new moon, but they will on a full moon if the full moon sets it off. And the result of that is, no, <laughs> there's no difference. Little undead rats. Little undead rats. Rumour has it the zombie rats are still out there, trying to charge up via the moon, somewhere in Queensland. What the Duck is a production of ABC RN. I'm Ann Jones and I produce the program with Patria Ladgrove, some sheep and one dog. And we make this program mostly on the unceded lands of the Wadawurrung and Ghana people. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.